guys, it's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa, the official podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 17th, 2020. We made it to episode 11. I'm doing a whole episode on anxiety. So welcome to it. Get settled in, listen in, see if there's a few things you can learn or use that you can start implementing today. So like I said, today's June 17th. Welcome to episode 11. And today I'm going to be talking about anxiety. What is it? What do you do with it? How do you make it go away? And the number one reason, um, at least lately, that I've been seeing people in my private practice is anxiety, generalized anxiety, nervousness, and they're looking for tools and tips and tricks to break through that because it's not fun to live in a constant state of anxiousness. And like I say, we can do better than that. So today's episode, I'm going to focus on some tools and tips and tricks, maybe some exercises to help you get a handle on your anxiety and try to navigate scary situations or situations that make you anxious in a bit more of an empowered way. And the first thing I want to say here, guys, is that anxiety is definitely a real thing. So telling yourself or telling the people in your life that it's not real and you just need to get over it that's only going to make it worse. When we try to talk ourselves out of a feeling or emotion that your body's trying to feel, your body's trying to tell you something, you're going to feel that more intensely. So the first thing you need to stop doing today is trying to talk yourself out of it. There's a reason that you're having anxiety. Getting to the root of that is what's going to give you power over it. And it's going to help you to feel that less intensely. So stop. it's just like feelings and emotions. Stop talking yourselves out of them. And so, and the good news too about anxiety is that it's one of the few things that we know or I know as a therapist that there's actually, I can help you, there's actually something that I can help you to do about it by changing your perception or your thoughts or how you associate with certain situations, there are some things we can do. And so that's really good news. But as always, I like to start with a question. And I'm going to start with a question from Monday's episode on the 15th. And on Monday's episode, I talked about self-confidence and why I think it's needing it is kind of a load of crap. Uh, You don't need it to push through and do scary things. And everybody's Everybody lacks confidence in one way or another. And so people that tell you they don't, they're not being authentic and honest. We all lack confidence. The trick is to power through and do it anyway. Push through that fear and discomfort and do it anyway. And so the question comes today, and I'm going to read it for you. It says, hi, Lisa. I get so tense and worried before making a big change or a big choice. And even on the surface, I can tell myself I'll be okay. But it would be nice to feel a little calmer when making big choices. Do you have any tips? And this is an awesome question because a lot of times we can tell ourselves something. We can say there's nothing to be afraid of. You're going to be fine. And intellectually, we know that we're going to be okay. But connecting to that emotionally is a whole different ball of wax. And to minimize that, that feeling of feeling tense or stressed Um, There's a few things we can do and I'm going to go through those. So first and foremost, I want to remind you guys that big choices usually are uncomfortable. That's how you know that you're doing something big. Your brain and your body says, whoa, this is big. This is uncomfortable. I'm not used to this. It's new. And so that's okay. 
it's learning to navigate that and push through it rather than saying I shouldn't feel uncomfortable. I want you to feel uncomfortable. That's how we make smart decisions in life. But pushing through it is what's important. And I'll, I'll give you guys an example. I told you in my intro podcast, I've had a pretty long career working in a clinical setting in hospitals, and it's always been a great career and I've loved it, but I've always had this deep need to want to do private practice. Um, And it's a scary thought to leave the, the perceived safety of a hospital umbrella where I had health insurance and coworkers and people to bounce ideas off of to go out on my own financially, number one, was extremely uncomfortable for me because if I failed, holy crap, that could leave me in a world of hurt. What would I do next? But also losing that sort of safety net where I had coworkers to say, hey, here's what I'm thinking for this patient. What do you think? I would have been totally on my own, but I knew deep down I wanted to do it. I just needed to push through that discomfort. And so one day, literally an office kind of fell in my lap and where I live it's pretty pricey commercial real estate residential real estate pretty pricey and so um, this office kind of fell into my lap though and the price was yeah definitely an added expense but I sat down and I worked a budget and I made a plan and I figured out all right what's the worst case if I only see two patients a week can I make it financially and so what I did was I I started small and I actually went part-time at the hospital And I committed to the office and I did it and I threw an ad up on psychology today and I thought, oh my God, here we go. And once I made the decision, I was super excited and then the terror kind of set in and all the what ifs of like, oh my God, what have I done? And I could, I can walk to my office from my condo. And so I literally for the few weeks after I signed the lease, I would walk down to the office and I would sit out front and I would just stare at it. And I mean, I pulled out every tip and trick I knew to minimize my anxiety. I tried to picture an office full of people. I tried to picture the the home I was going to be able to buy if it was successful. And that honestly helped calm some of my discomfort and some of my anxiety. And I decided that this was going to be what I made it. And I had the power to make this something. And to do that, I had to shut out the court of public opinion. I had to have faith in myself. And I had to emotionally connect to that feeling of knowing I could do it and also knowing I'd be okay if I couldn't do it. And so here I sit. A little over a year later, um, I've left the hospital altogether. I'm in private practice full time. It's given me time to start this podcast, and I can tell you that it's working out. And yeah, have there been times that I freak out because I have two or three patients cancel in a week? You bet. That's a natural human emotion to start to panic a little bit when you are on your own financially, but it's about managing that and knowing that I'm capable of managing it that helps me. And so you do what you have to to try to calm that fear and make yourself feel a little bit better. And remember that this is going to feel uncomfortable. That's okay. So don't talk yourself out of that. And the last thing that I would tell you, and this was a really good lesson for me personally as well, is that I want you to remember that when you're experiencing tension or stress, um, those thoughts tend to come from your perception of what you think others think you should be. So you might be out of alignment with yourself. When you're calm and a little more relaxed and a little more focused on what you need to do, that that 
the tension starts to go away and that kind of belief and that kind of feeling tells me that you're in much better alignment with who you want to be and who you are. And so you've got to learn to quiet that noise of public opinion and understanding that opinions are suggestions. You take what you want, you use what you can. They are not definitions. You are responsible for creating your own life. And so really make sure that you're connecting to the person that you want to be and that you've created. And if that needs a little tweaking and the tension's not going away, I would tell you that you're probably more interested in what other people are going to think instead of what's really important for you, which is another great segue to today's topic. But before we get there, guys, email me your questions or things that you might need support with. You can email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. I read them all, try to get to them all, and I might even read one on the podcast if I think it'll help us as a whole. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at What's Next with Lisa. So check it out on my Instagram and Twitter pages. I've got upcoming show topics. I post some questions to see if you're struggling with something and want to write in. I'm happy to try to help. So let's get back to that great segue about today's show. And today's episode is about anxiety. And before we get into this, what I do want to say is I want to remind you guys that this podcast is meant to give you some nuggets of information that may help get you on a straighter path or a path that feels better. I don't ever want this to take the place of therapy for you. If you need more involved support, uh, more intense support, I want you to remember that I always think it's a good idea to talk to somebody objective that can help support you with life. And so I don't want this podcast taking the place of deeper therapy if that's what you're needing. So that's just my little disclaimer for today because anxiety is a real thing. And it's thing that, it's it's a thing that I see people sometimes on a uh, twice a week for for months because it's not easy to get a hold of. So I don't want you getting hard on yourself. And you know, what anxiety is to boil it down if I had to in just a couple of sentences, it's basically your brain telling you that there's something to be afraid of here. Your brain's kicking into overdrive saying, hey, there's something that we should be afraid of. Your job is to use your conscious brain to say, is this a real fear or is this a perceived fear? And that's where it can get a little dicey, right? Because you say, I don't know if it's a real fear and I don't know if it's a perceived fear. And so, you know, it's it. we'll talk about some tips and tricks to decipher whether or not it's a real or perceived fear but that's essentially your task if you're feeling anxiety I want you to start checking in with yourself and saying is this a real fear or is this a perceived fear so maybe jumping out of a plane with no parachute well not maybe it is that would be a real fear if you're me and you see a snake that's a real fear I probably have a diagnosable phobia snakes are not my th- they're just so not natural what can move that fast without legs seriously in any event your job is to decide whether or not it's a real fear or a perceived fear and a question I get asked a lot about anxiety um, is is there a chemical component is there something lacking chemically that makes you feel an- anxious And I can tell you as a therapist, I don't tend to go right there thinking that you've got a chemical imbalance, which is um, making you anxious. Um, But there are a few, obviously a few outliers, a few exceptions to every rule. 
And number one, if you wake up one day having panic attacks and you've never had panic attacks, you've never felt anxiety, but you feel short of breath, a heavy feeling, something like that, there could be something else going on. So I want you to check in with yourself and say, okay, have I changed something recently that could be causing my brain to go into overdrive or me to be happy, my, my nervous system to be really excitable? For a lot of women, that can be hormone changes in their late 30s um, on through their 40s. I hear a lot of women say they start having panic attacks once they hit that age group, and that could be uh, your serotonin decreasing. Serotonin is the chemical, if we're going to assign one, that tends to be the number one culprit um, of anxiety. And so the other thing I want you to ask yourself is, did I have a traumatic event that I haven't processed or resolved? Has this been building and festering and it's affecting how I see other things in my life? That's a very real thing. So check in with yourself, see if something's changed, see if there's something you need to resolve or address um, and start there. And if there is, don't be afraid to reach out to your physician. Um, If you have a, a therapist, ask them, they can refer you. And there may be something that would lend itself to needing a little bit more detective work to find out what's going on with you. I will tell you that 90% of your serotonin is actually produced in your gut. And why I think that's important for us to recognize and realize is that diet plays a big role in how you take care of yourself, plays a big role in your serotonin production and how your body's using that serotonin. So get honest with yourself, get accountable. If you are not taking care of yourself, if you're eating like crap, if you're drinking a ton of alcohol and you're avoiding and not coping, there are a lot of natural things you can do to try to give yourself the, your best leg up for keeping track of or taking care of your serotonin levels. And you know, you guys know yourselves best. You know your diets. You know if you're taking care of yourself or not. And you can do your own research. Empower yourself to do research. There are certain fruits and vegetables and things that you can actually eat um, on a pretty regular basis that will help with your serotonin production. And um, yeah, so 90% in your gut, guys, we think of it as a brain chemical. And you're right, it's floating around up there. But how we make it and how we use it has so much to do with what we put into our bodies to take care of it. So just a little side note for you. And so let's get into the, the meat of things or what I tend to see the most in private practice. And what I want to give you are some approaches to anxiety Um, and basically it's going to take the shape of how you look at things and how you approach situations. And so let's first define what anxiety looks like and feels like. It's different for everyone. Uh, fear and anxiety is going to look and feel different for each individual. Some people might get sweaty palms, short of breath, or your mind's racing. I hear a lot of patients say, I haven't slept because I just can't shut my brain off and I just keep thinking about, you know, whatever, whether it's a breakup or a relationship or a job or whatever it is, and their brain's moving so quickly they can't find even the time to break in there and resolve it. And so it looks different. It can look like avoiding social situations. Um, If you're not sure how to manage your anxiety, it can... It can come out in the form of 
needing to organize and clean your house and have everything perfect because if you can control that order, you can minimize your anxiety. Those are all Band-Aid fixes, guys. They're all Band-Aid fixes that might feel good in the moment, but they're not really great for managing that anxiety long term. And so, like I said earlier, anxiety is really a perceived fear. And if you can identify what that is, awesome. If you can't identify that and you're just having an overall um, feeling of fear and anxiety or impending doom, I want you to check in with yourself and see if there could be something else going on. Talk to a therapist. Talk to your physician. Don't just sit with that. Don't live like that. That's not healthy physically or emotionally, and it's not the way you want to go through life. And so if you can identify what you think the perceived fear is, so maybe somebody will think I'm stupid or I'll look stupid if I do this or maybe they won't accept me or maybe it could be I'm not going to do a good job if I'm starting a new job. It could be if I go to this party, everybody's going to think I'm weird. I mean, the list goes on and on, guys. We all have things like that we think about internally that don't make a lot of sense. But at the time to appease our anxiety, they make perfect sense. And then you find yourself avoiding life and not taking on new challenges. And so ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen if I go to this party and nobody talks to me? And then if that actually happens and you go to a party and not one person talks to you, make a plan about what you do. You could leave. You could talk to somebody first. You could push through that discomfort and talk to somebody first and see what happens. So number one, identify the perceived fear. What's my brain trying to protect me from? Is it real or is it fake? And when I say fake, I mean, is it something that you could push through and try to take power over? Um, And you've got to get to do this. You've got to get really self-aware and self-accountable about what's real and what's something you're just playing it safe with. And so also the other thing I want you to check in with is get self-aware about the people and the things that are triggering your anxiety. And then ask yourself, okay, wait a second. Is this toxic? Is this an unhealthy relationship? Is this somewhere I shouldn't be? Do I need to be setting a better boundary so these people treat me better or this job feels better? Um, And one thing I always caution people about is don't ever diagnose yourself with anxiety issues or trust issues until you take a hard look at what you've invited into your life. That's not fair to carry that all on your own. If you need to make a choice about cutting somebody out of your life or dialing back that investment because it's not healthy and it's toxic, that's one thing. You can take power over that and do it rather than just staying stuck anxious. You can do something about it. But always take a look at what you've invited into your life and the things that are making you anxious and see if you need to make a few cuts here and there. It's okay. And be soft with yourself. Have compassion for yourself as you try to figure this out. It's not easy. And for some people, it's a lifelong battle. But really, it's about connecting to that innate worth. I think that was episode one. Connecting to your innate worth, knowing that you're human and not perfect, and giving yourself the grace or the space to make mistakes, to try new things, to set boundaries where you need to. This is not stuff you figure out overnight. So give yourself the time to feel good about what you're doing. And, you know, the next, the last thing that I want to touch on is 
when I talk about getting self-accountable and checking in with yourself, I also want you to check in with yourself and I want you to ask, am I behaving in the way that's in alignment with my values and the person I want to be? And a lot of times if you're out of alignment with your values or your worth or fulfillment in a job and you're staying stuck somewhere, or even maybe you're not setting boundaries that you should, this could be causing you chronic anxiety. If you're suffering on the inside, I want you to ask yourself if you have the power to change the situation or what is this person or situation that's not serving me and could it be could it all lie within you if you're not in alignment or living your life in a way that's that's I guess conducive to your beliefs and your values and the person you want to be that's going to cause anxiety. You're going to be way off kilter, off center, and it's not going to feel good. And so one thing I want to remind you guys is that pain, you know, pain is a part of life. It is meant to be processed. It's meant to be dealt with, and it's not meant to hang around. I want you to process it and work on letting it go. Suffering is optional. Suffering is something that you do have power over whether or not you let this go or you deal with this. And so if you're feeling down or not fulfilled because you're waiting for this sign or a perfect time to make a move or break up with your person or whatever it is, it's not going to come. Stop. You've got to stop waiting. Anxiety or indecision is a lot of times rooted in the fear of doing something wrong or this pressure you're putting on yourself to get it all right. And indecision to me is a sign that people are afraid to get it wrong. You're going to get it wrong, guys. You're human. That's okay. You're going to get some stuff wrong. You've got to take the pressure off of yourself to be perfect here. And you've got to remind yourself that you're human. And so the other question I get a lot when I when I tell people this in private practice is, how do I know what my values are? How do I know if I'm living within those values? And, you know, the first thing that I always tell people is, or ask people is, who do you want to be? What's important to you? That's what values are. You know, they're they're barometers or like North Stars or guides about how you want to navigate this world, the person you want to be. And so they should help you identify basically your priorities. What's important to you? You know, do you want to be loyal, adventurous, open-minded, dependable, honest? Those are all things that I suggest writing down and outlining. Who do you want to be? And if you haven't done it, do it today. Don't just think about it. Get it out of your head and your heart and write things down. Set, Hold yourself accountable to who it is you want to be. And are you going to make changes to those values once in a while? I hope so. I mean, it means you're growing. And don't forget that the values you set for yourself also need to be also need to be important about who you invite into your life. So if they don't align with all of your values or they're way far off from who you choose to be, that's going to be a red flag, guys. Everybody has their own set of values. And so if you're disconnected to those or you're living out of alignment just to appease other people or you feel like you need to stay stuck in a job because that's what you should do, check in with yourself 
and ask yourself what you need to do to get back in alignment. And a journal, I, I, I'm a huge fan of journal entries, if you guys haven't noticed. And my poor private practice patients know this all too well. But there is so much value in getting thoughts and feelings out of your head and your heart and down onto paper to give your brain something tangible to look at. So sit down if you're listening to this podcast and sit down and I want you to list what your fears are. What's holding you back? And then I want you to list what's the worst that could happen and what would you do if it did happen? If you're going to what if something, you got to what if it through all the way to the end to sort of shut your brain up and say, listen, if this happens, I've got a plan. It's fine. And then you emotionally commit to that plan. And that's one technique that I love to to try to help people that have anxiety with. And you, it's a, it can be a quick check-in too with yourself. Okay, what's the perceived fear? Is it real? Is it fake? And what would I do if it actually happened? But then you're accountable for pushing through that fear. You're accountable for wanting better for yourself and you're accountable for connecting to your worth and knowing that you're worthy of it, even if you mess it up. If you mess it up, congratulations, you're human. And so things in life are sometimes only as big of a deal as we make them. We are our own worst critics. You've got to silence that critic, get in touch with your values, get in touch with who you want to be, and then I want you to be proud of that person. Celebrate that person. That's what makes you you. And don't forget, and I say it all the time, I will remind you every podcast, almost every, you are beautifully human. And if you don't have somebody in your corner reminding you of that, I want to be that person for you. You are beautifully human. You're going to make mistakes. You're worthy of all the good stuff. You're capable of getting through the bad stuff. I've got you and you have got this. So if you guys have questions about anxiety or specific things you're struggling with, sometimes that's easier for me to talk through to to support somebody with. If there's a specific example or situation that you're struggling with, send me an email at at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. Let me know specifics and I will do my best to support and help you. On episode 12 coming up on Friday... I'm going to get into self-medicating, which kind of goes hand in hand with anxiety. So maybe we could call this a two-part anxiety series. We all self-medicate, guys. Um, A lot of us do things that we don't even realize we're doing to avoid hard situations, to avoid feeling anxious, to avoid facing ourselves. What kinds of things are you doing to self-medicate and how is it really working for you? So tune in Friday um, and find out what you're doing and maybe what you could do better. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks for sending me your emails and your DMs. I read them all. I'm honored to be able to help support you in this journey. And um, yeah, have a great Wednesday and I will talk to you Friday. Take care of yourselves. See ya.